Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, and we are live with Zach. Just a couple seconds to make sure the stream can breathe. Make sure we got green check marks across all five platforms. And we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we watched, just like all the fans did, pins and needles. Can Fangio finally break the curse of these late game, under one minute collapses and hold on to win? Nope. It wasn't in the cards tonight. What is your gut reaction off the cuff? Coaching, coaching, coaching. I'm shaking my head in disbelief, Chad. We're literally going on seconds after the final result, and I literally can't believe what I witnessed. Coaching lost this game. Vic Fangio lost this game. Pat Shermer lost this game. At the end there with the timeouts, Chad, you and I were uh, in the green room before we started this podcast. We were screaming at each other, why aren't you using a timeout? Why would you let the clock Run and run and run, not preserve some time for your young offense to get a field goal. It reminded me of the bad Andy Reid, the bad time management, situational coaching, the bad Andy Reid, not the good Andy Reid. I'm a big Fangio fan, Chad, but you saw glaring rookie mistakes from a guy in year two now. And he talks the talk. He talks like a big tough guy. He 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 prides himself on being this old school coach that holds no water anymore. When your defense collapses every single time when it matters most, when you literally can't call a timeout, when your offense gets cute and small when it matters most in the red zone. Coaching lost his ball game. Locke wasn't the biggest issue here. Melvin Gordon's fumble wasn't the biggest issue. Justin Simmons' player lack thereof wasn't the biggest issue. The coaching in Vic Fangio was the biggest issue, and the reason why the Broncos are zero one. They should have been one and no, Chad. This should have been a victory. I like that. The, the way you put it, cute and small. The offense go, gets cute, come up small Ridiculous. in the clutch. That final real possession the Broncos had, nurse in a lead, and they decide to throw it twice on three plays. First down, Jerry Judy drops it. Second down, it's a run that doesn't really go anywhere. Third down, you, to their credit, to Shermer's credit, they got the look they wanted, and Hamilton was wide open in the end zone on that deep ball, and Locke just missed him. So Locke had two big misses tonight, that ball and the one to Bennett in the red zone, both of which, Zach, this is a game of inches. They call it for a reason. 
would have made the difference on the final score here. But yeah, I mean, Drew Locke, unbelievable in the first half. He, he's living up to what, you know, it's a little bit of a conspiracy hater theory, but there are those out there that kind of panned his first five games last year saying a lot of heart, hot starts only to fade in the second half. And I honestly thought, look, it was just, you know, it's just a, it's just a weird numbers game. Given more sample size, that's going to change. Unfortunately, even though they had that one scoring drive in the second half, Zach, they weren't able to put it together late. And a lot of it we could chalk up to, to Shermer in terms of, you know, why weren't you playing the four-minute offense? Why weren't you ball controlling it there in that situation? But Locke missed a wide-open opportunity to put the dagger in Tennessee. And, you know, you couldn't live to fight another day tonight. I mean, of course, there are 15 more games to go, but it cost him a W at home. And that streak of winning 18 out of the last 20 games, home openers in Denver, that uh, now is 18 of the last 21. I'm not putting this on lock at all, Chad. I mean, this is a first-time, full-time starting quarterback in week one with no preseason going up against a very good Titans defense. It wasn't up to him to call that that fourth down or that inside shovel pass to Jake Butt or to target Nick Vanette in the end zone. He wasn't perfect, Drew Locke, but he damn sure wasn't the reason the Broncos lost tonight. How about Noah Fant? He was electric in the first half. Where was he in the second half? That's coaching and that's play calling. This reminds me of a classic Vance Joseph, you know, Bill Musgrave kind of loss where the players play good enough to win and the coaching let them down. Coaching is the reason they lost this game today, Chad. Locke is not out there making the play calls. He's taking his marching orders. And for the most part, it was very inconsistent. And that's to say it as kindly as I can. The play calling was inconsistent, but there's no sugarcoating the fact that Vic Fangio and his time management, or lack thereof, lost this game tonight. If he was banking on Goskowski missing a fourth field goal, a guy who was up money for the Patriots, if you're banking on a guy missing, that's the wrong way to coach. It's almost a fireable offense to me, Chad. That's how bad it is. That's as we were watching it live in our chat in our green room, you and I, we said the only explanation for Fangio not trying to call some timeouts here. And at least, even if it's not to preserve the clock, which of course you want to preserve the clock, but even if for not that reason, to allow your defense to collect a little bit. Yeah, you run the risk of the offense collecting a little bit, but guess what? They had their ducks in a row. Or, I mean, you need to worry about you at that point. And the only explanation, Zach, they were banking on Gostkowski's uh, slump. To continue, That's horrible. How many kickers miss from the chip shot? Right, very few. Even ones who were in a slump. You know, he was crapping bricks over there on the sideline as the Titans started to to get close. Goskowski was, but he came through when it mattered the most, and it's it was a dagger. Let me grab this quick super chat here from Mike Evans, bona fide superstar. Thanks for staying up with Thank us, Mike. Mike. And that goes to yes. all of you guys. Yes, Zach, we have right now huge numbers in the chat right now, massive numbers of people. Thanks to each and every one of you for staying up late. My salute. Those of us in the mountain time well zone, we're sitting here at 1137 for Zach, putting in the time. It's almost 2 o'clock in the morning for Zach <laughs> Kelberman. So appreciate you guys. As you know, We'll put in the time. We'll, we'll stay up late. And as long as you're with us, it's going to be all good. Mike Evans jumping in. Love you, buddy. He says, two questions. Why didn't we kick the field goal in the first half versus going for it? So that four plays on the goal line that ended up being a turnover on downs. And why no timeouts in the fourth quarter is Vance back in town? So we just touched on the fourth quarter aspect of it. Why don't you drop some knowledge, Zach, on the decision to not take those easy points and instead push for for six? 
You know what? I, I like the idea of going for it. I like the aggressiveness. It shows confidence in your offense. It was the play selection, though, Chad. You don't call that play in that situation. Nothing to Philip Lindsay while he was healthy and in the game. I hope he's okay, by the way. That's a brutal loss for Denver. Nothing to Noah Fant. I know they didn't have Sutton out there, but it was the situational play calling and the situational coaching that lost this game for Denver. The fourth down call, the lack of a timeout, those are two key blunders. And when you're gifted 10 points from the other team, when a guy misses three field goals and misses an extra point, you don't lose that game. You do everything in your power to overcome that rather than bank on him missing again. No matter how you dice it, I'm still a Vic Fangio fan, but he lost this game for Denver. And you know what, Chad? He doesn't look any better than he did last season. In fact, he was actually getting better as last season wore on. And he looks like week one, 2019 Vic Fangio. He, he has to be better than this, Chad. It's common, glaring football 101 coaching that you you and I can do in Madden. Any Broncos fan can put on a headset and say, listen, call a timeout here, conserve some time for the offense, go down the field. They showed last year they can do that. They pulled it out with Cortland Sutton. You can draw a DPI. You can you can make a catch. Something can happen. There's always mile-high magic to be had. But when you don't even give your team a chance to gather that magic, that's where I call it on Fangio. That's where I have the problem, Chad. It's just it's inexcusable and unacceptable. Well said, my friend. Guys, it's late, so we're going to keep matters of business extremely short tonight. Just make sure you head on over to sportsbetting.com for all of your sports betting needs. Of course, gambling is now legalized in the state of Colorado. Make sportsbetting.com your home for that. Head on over there when you get some time. Sportsbetting.com and get your bets in. Get all the information you need to make your bets for week two. Got the NBA. You got college football. Check it out. And then also, guys, just really quick, this is the last thing I'm going to say. Head on over to Huddle Up Pod at Huddle Up Pod on Twitter. Follow the podcast account, and while you're at it, follow at Mile High Huddle. Last thing, check out the merch store when you get some time. HuddleUpPod.com. Get your swag on. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice! 
because the NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action, use promo code OVERTIME, and double your first deposit. New players get up to 1000 bucks in free play, which is designed to add more excitement to the sports you already love and the games that you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie, and here's the best part. Overtime is going all in for our listeners. We're giving away 500 bucks cash to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your deposit, just take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. 500 bucks given away at the end of September. All right, Zach, let's grab this very generous super chat here from our friend D.A. Dub, wow. as we call him, Discount Audio and Wheels. He says, Thank you. I saw cool. enough of Vic. He's not a head coach. I've seen enough close games given away and for holding on to timeouts. What's he saving him for next week? Can't <laughs> defend him. Even if the play calling at the end was bad, give your high paid kicker a shot. Zach, That's- it's a, it, it really was like tonight. Look, the games that the thank you, D.A. Dub, by the way, really appreciate your generosity, my friend. Um, goes a long way and appreciate that. But Zach, last year you could, you know, you could chalk up those three bitter losses in the in the closing minute, 30 seconds of the game where the Broncos were protecting a lead. It was all about the defense getting a stop, just like tonight. But you could chalk those ones up to just, you know, execution. I mean, if you were trying to put on your most orange-colored glasses for Vic Fangio tonight, not only was the defense just a uh, it was a hot knife through butter on that final drive for the Titans. But Fangio, absolutely, we've said it once. We're going to say it three, four, five more times probably tonight, and I'm sure the superstars are going to as well. Fangio botched it, and it's really inexcusable. Again, you know, this is his second year. That rust, you can't use no preseason games as, as an excuse for completely, we'll call it a dereliction of duty in situational game and clock management. That was just simply embarrassing. And guess what? Another game where the Broncos were burned by a tight end. You would think by now, if there's a decent, capable, breathing tight end on a roster, on an opponent's roster, the Broncos should maybe bracket that guy, uh, maybe not have Josie Jewell run with him in coverage. I know this is the reason they signed Mark Barron, and Barron wasn't active tonight, but it's every single game, every single year, they just cannot defend tight ends. And Jonu Smith, as good as he is, he's not Travis Kelsey. So you still see... The same glaring mistakes you saw in 2019, 2018, 2017, some of it could be chalked up to the players. They don't really have a coverage guy who can handle tight ends and running backs, but it's also the coaching. They brought Fangio in because he was an NFL lifer. He was a revered defensive coordinator. There's also a reason, though, Chad, he was 60 years old before getting an NFL head coaching opportunity. You have to wonder that maybe other teams didn't really think he was cut out for it. I'm not putting my tinfoil hat on. I'm not trying to stoke any narratives right now. But you have to wonder, is there a reason Fangio was never a head coach? Because through two seasons now, Chad, he's looking a little overwhelmed, to put it kindly. We call it the gut reaction for a reason, gang. And by the way, Parker on Twitter brings up a salient point from tonight's game. This is definitely one of the key takeaway observations from tonight. He says, Bradley Chubb had high hopes of a Vaughn replacement eventually, but doesn't look promising. Here's what I'll say. He was basically a non-factor tonight as a pass rusher. He helped quite a bit, setting the edge. They they bottled up Derrick Henry till that final possession. He helped a lot in that regard, but you could tell he 
was not his usual explosive self that we were used to from his rookie year in the first three weeks last year. But here's what I'll say. Here's the one silver lining for Bradley Chubb. Coming out of this game, assuming he was unscathed, assuming his knee held up, everything's good and we, there's no reason to doubt that, it's going to be extremely confidence-inducing for him to know that, all right, I got that first icebreaker out of the way. I expect Bradley Chubb incrementally through the first quarter of the season, and this is something we've been saying for months now, it's going to take him some time to get back up to speed. I was yep. honestly surprised, Zach, by how much he played tonight. Yep. And I think that will ultimately be confidence-inducing. It'll help him kind of – obviously a disappointing result with a bitter loss at the end like that, but it will give Bradley Chubb a little bit of a lift and some yep. momentum, I think, just internally heading into next week's matchup against the Steelers. God, we're grasping for any silver lining we can get right now, Chad. I, I tweeted this earlier in the game, and I said it on the halftime stream. Bradley Chubb is still very tentative. He's still very um, – apprehensive about going full speed. You can tell he doesn't trust his body just yet. He doesn't have the same get off. He was a non-factor in pass rushing situations. He wasn't really, you know, felt in run support. I'm glad though. He emerged uninjured. He looked like he's still hundred percent. No setbacks there. He didn't, he didn't re tweak the knee and they could have rested if they had Vaughn. I will say though, another positive note from this game is Jerry Attachu at least is giving the Broncos somebody else. They can kind of count on behind Miller and, and Bradley Chubb. He looked really good tonight. Malik Reed was okay in certain situations. Uh, Chubb will get better, but we've been saying this for a while. You might not see the 2018 Bradley Chubb till maybe mid season, if not a little longer. We got JP jumping in on super chat. One of our longtime superstars. Thanks. Cause I feel deflated. We feel you, my friend. We really do. And thank you for the support. Keep your chin up. This is week one, man. And, you know, honestly, with the way they botched that final real offensive possession, and I'm not talking the last one to close off the clock, but, I mean, their last real possession where they had the chance to run a four-minute offense and put their heel on the throat of the Titans, you know, you got to – you got to put that behind you and just focus on, look, it was the first game, got the jitters out of the way. It's a young team. They're without Cortland Sutton. Don't completely lose hope over this one because, all, you know, Titans also, right. Broncos severely de uh, depleted health-wise. And this was a team that was in the AFC title game. They didn't play like it at times tonight, but they're a tough, well-coached team. Obviously, better coached than the, the Denver Broncos, at least tonight, Zach. Yeah, they, they were, they have the better coaching. I think Mike Vrabel right now is a better head coach than Vic Fangio, but the, this was a winnable game for Denver. And if certain things broke a certain way, this could have been a Denver blowout chat. I mean, it could have been a 21 point victory for the Broncos when the Tennessee Titans are gifting them at least 10 points. They missed some, you know, opportunities there. Locke missed a guy in the end zone on a deep ball. They had that, you know, that, that, that goal lined blunder. It could have been a Broncos win very easily. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say you shouldn't feel deflated for a week one game, Monday night football. We've been waiting months and months and months for it to lose like that was deflating, but to give up on, on the season two is just as reactionary as what some of you guys are pushing back against. No, the season's not over. It's only week one, but these kind of losses, as you've seen in recent years have uh, reverberations throughout the rest of the year. I mean, you don't want to keep losing gut-wrenching loss after gut-wrenching loss. It takes a toll on you in the locker room. You're without Von Miller. He wanted to win one from Cortland Sutton. It didn't happen. And the guy who's hard on them, who's always preaching standards, Vic Fangio, came up short tonight. So they got to bounce back. Week two against Pittsburgh. If they win that game, if they upset the Steelers, they're right back in it. Long season left to go. Mundungus, the wizard, jumping in. Appreciate you, brother. He says, attach you, Josie Jewell. Michael Ojemudia looked good. Justin Simmons, Chubb, Fangio looked bad. And Judy with too many drops. Appreciate you, Wizard. And let's talk about Judy for a minute because 
there were a couple plays tonight that you and I both sat up and were like, wow, that was a great play. Yeah. Put a dude on skates to use your verbiage as we were watching it live. But two crucial drops, two crucial drops, one in the clutch and the, when they're trying to run whatever cockamamie four-minute offense that Pat Shermer had dialed up. But still, that could have taken on a completely different complexion, Zach, if Jerry Judy doesn't drop that ball in the clutch. Why are you throwing in that situation, though? Why aren't you running the football and salting away the clock and, and get, again, putting your offense in the best chance to win? You just gave McManus a huge contract. You made him the fourth highest pay kicker in the NFL, and you did nothing to let him actually kick field goals. Jerry Judy were two inexcusable drops. He has to make those catches, Chad. He's in the NFL now. But to even throw it in that situation for a second drop, to me, shouldn't have happened. I agree. I agree. Let's grab Kenneth here jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Really do appreciate the super chat. He says, Judy, great routes, bad hands. And what's so ironic about that, he didn't have any reputation coming out of Alabama for bad hands or drops. You know, every wide receiver has the occasional drop. You know, that's par for the course. But two in one game, two in a clutch situation, uh, both of them. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this. I, be I believe the first one was on third down or I'm trying to remember exactly. But we know the second one anyway was clutch absolutely but thank you kenneth appreciate that i'm going to move through the chat a little bit here we got dion rodriguez jumping in appreciate you my friend thank you superstar jumping in he says my boy ojamudia got robbed of his first interception of his nfl career hashtag 18 and one also <laughs> not having Sutton out there showed us how much he is needed zach that's a good point uh, obviously ojamudia i think he played quite well tonight he had the one play that you wish you could take back that tug in the final possession that ended up giving them additional 15 yards or whatever. And that just was more icing on the cake for the, for the Titans. But Ojemudia did get a pick, broke up with some, uh, some passes, had some key plays in this game as a rookie first exposure, no preseason going straight from camp to the big time, starting as the nickel corner, you got to tip your cap to him. And to his point, Dion's here about Sutton. If Sutton does indeed return next week, and I, I think there's a good reason to believe that he will, Zach, that'll give Drew Locke a huge shot in the arm because, you know, he had obvious chemistry with Noah Fant. That was obvious in the first half, which is why it's so stunning, so absolutely inexcusable that they did not go to Noah Fant in the second half. But having Sutton back, though, that'll I think that'll help Drew Locke quite a bit just between the years next week. Yeah, mentally for sure, confidence-wise, yeah, having his number one receiver out there. I mean, you take away most guys' number one wide receivers, most quarterbacks are not going to look that great either. In terms of Michael Lowe, this is coming from someone who didn't like the pick when it was made. I got to eat a little crow because Michael Lowe, and also with saying Bassey, they looked better than Justin Simmons and Bryce Callahan. I was really impressed with Michael Lowe today. Uh, he was uh, quick to the ball. He looks like a Vic Fangio cornerback. He's built really solidly. It should have been an interception, but I just love the fact that Broncos have a young, you know, uh, upside rookie cornerback who can actually make plays on the ball. It's very exciting and it's very refreshing. So I'm very encouraged by Michael O tonight. And I hope going forward, he can build off this performance. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. In case you missed it, sports gambling has been legalized in the state of Colorado. Whether you're looking to place your first wager or you're a seasoned betting professional, sportsbetting.com is the place for you. With sharp odds, a huge range of lines, props, and futures, and backed by state-of-the-art data security and encryption, sportsbetting.com gives you all the tools you need to maximize your sports betting experience. Sportsbetting.com is a legal and licensed sportsbook in Colorado, so with a fresh slate of games coming up in the NFL this week, plus the NBA playoffs, plus college football, you name it, 
head on over to sportsbetting.com and get in on the action. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, real quick, the this, this stream is so hot and heavy tonight. I love it. I love the passion. I love that Broncos country is hanging in tough, staying up late to exercise these demons tonight and hanging with your football priests. We appreciate it. And I got to do this one the old-fashioned way, though, because the stream jumped him. Mr. Boggins, who's going to join us as a superstar segment on Wednesday night, jumping in early. It cuts off his chat or his comment here. So, I'll, oh, he's got it. Awesome. Thank you, John. That's why it pays to have a producer, gang. Mr. Boggins jumping in. Appreciate you, dog. Thank you. Says sloppy all around. I just wanted to see progression from Locke. He still panics, fades back as he's throwing. I'm hopeful the Steelers will be rough with our cornerback depth and that passing attack and pass rushers. Indeed, Zach, thank you. Boggins, appreciate your support, my friend. He brings up a good point, and that reminds me of something, an update we got later on about A.J. Bouye. When he went down like that, landed on his Mm. his right shoulder, popped it out of joint, he popped his shoulder out. They popped it back in, but just they, they decided to play it safe. He was ruled out after they popped it back in. So we'll see. We don't know yet what his obviously what his week two prospects are for playing. But if you're going to contend with what we saw from the Pittsburgh Steelers passing attack today, you're going to need AJ Bouye in the lineup. Yeah, step two is promote Devontae Bosme to the active roster. You need all hands on deck for this matchup. It it could be a shootout. He is among your best cornerbacks. I don't know what he's even doing on the practice squad, Chad, but I think he would get called up, even if Boye is healthy for the game, just to have more cornerbacks and capable cornerbacks to defend Big Ben in that passing attack. Hey, John, if we have uh, some uppity Chiefs fans in the chat, as long as they're keeping it respectful, it's all good. But if, they, uh, if they're trying to gloat and trying to throw hate and shade, go ahead and, and bounce them on out of here. Um, all right, let's grab one or two real quick here. A couple of uh, – 
from, from Twitter real quick. We don't want to ignore our Twitter audience. Moosh Cakes one on Twitter says, there's no reason to not still be excited about this team. So Zach, just for a second, let's, let's focus on a couple of positives and let's talk about, for example, how good Noah Fant looked in that first half. It kind of ties into the, the negative because the next thought is why'd they go away from him? So bizarrely in the second Coaching. half, but man, Coaching. Noah Fant looked good in that first half. That was really encouraging. He looks like, I hate to say it again, a young Gronkowski, Chad. He's just a man amongst boys. He's big, he's strong, he's powerful, he has speed, can run people over. Not saying he's Gronk, but he looks definitely improved from year one, and I think you're seeing an immediate jump in talent and in production. Um, and we were wondering, Chad, this is something that we, you and I talked about before we went, went live tonight. We were wondering who, with Sutton out, who is going to be the second option in the passing attack? Is it going to be Jerry Judy? Is it going to be Tim Patrick? Is it going to be Melvin Gordon? No, that man is Noah Fant. So it goes sudden and then Fant and then everybody else. But it's encouraging because we, we've seen some criticism about the draft pick, Chad, a first-round tight end. They could have went elsewhere with that pick. And I'm glad to see he's given the Broncos a better return on investment. But when you have 85, 80-something yards in the first half, you're literally beasting against a really good defense. You don't get one target in the entire second half, in a one-possession game for the most part, that right there is coaching. And that is one of the three reasons why the Broncos lost the game tonight. Leroy Williams on Facebook says, it's going to be a lot of growing pains this year. And that's something that I absolutely agree 110% with. I, I wouldn't say a lot, though. I, I, there's going to be some. A lock looked a lot better, though, than I thought for his first game. He wasn't perfect, but that touchdown pass in the first half, Chad, the way he can change his arm angle and improv and get out of the pocket, you, that's a, a, a pure franchise quarterback play, a big boy play right there. There's going to be some growing pains, but when this team settles down and Vic Fangio coaches to his ability, they're going to win some ball games too. All right, let me grab this super from our, our great community member and superstar, longtime listener and supporter of the Huddle Up podcast dating back years. Yeah. Drew Holland back. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank he you. says, and I'm going to, it cuts off. There's only so many character limits on these banners that we can display here when we have to reverse engineer a super chat. But he says, I want to address the positives. The defense looked good. Bassey, Michael O, the D-line, along with AJ and Jewel, dominated inside. That's true. They bottled up Henry. Let me t- let me give you the stats on Henry real quick, and then I'll finish what he says. Until Henry went. Oh, he did go. He did go over 100, yeah, but it took 31 drive, carries, guys. It took 31 carries. How many of those rushing yards? I don't have it pulled up in front of me. We'll find this out after we'll put an article together. But I would say probably at least a third of those yards came on the final possession. Broncos bottled him up, not quite as well as they did Week Six last year, but enough to win the game. Uh, Jewel dominated inside. Locke had his moments. Coaching and clock management uh, were the downfall. This wasn't Locke's yeah. fault. So some really salient points there from Drew. And again, someone I want to eat crow on is Josie Jewel. I, I called him a jag at the last like four or five podcasts. He stepped up tonight. I mean, he literally Jadevian clownied Derrick Henry in the hole. He had a big hit on him. He was flying around the football. He said, Chad, before the season, he wants to be known as a starting inside linebacker. He wants to get his rep up around the NFL. And for a week one performance, for a bad loss, I thought Josie Jewell was one of the bright spots. Good good effort by him today. Yeah, I love that play where he he freaking pounced smashed through, smashed him. I mean, that was a sit up in your sit up in your seat and go like this. And Drew rocking the football priest hat, rocking the mile high huddle face mask like a boss. Appreciate you, my friend, Thank jumping you. back in. Very active tonight. He says Bosby needs to be called up, especially with Bosby or with uh, Bouye 
out. Yes. So we don't know for sure yet if, if Bosby's going to miss week two. But even if he is active, look, you went they, – they called up, for those of you who missed it, they utilized the, the 55 rule today. They brought up Derek Tuska off the practice squad, and they brought up uh, P.J. Locke, the defensive back, the safety. Both those guys will get sent back down to the practice squad tomorrow. But next week, Zach, they got to bring up guys that are going to affect the game. Bring up that not necessarily like, you know, they're practice squad guys. So in cases of unless there's a case of injury, they're probably not going to start. But at least Bosby, you know, can get out there on the field, tip some passes, pick off some balls. I mean, he is the quintessential Fangio corner, which is why I still am blown away that they went with Devontae Harris who, and Duke Dawson and Duke Dawson over Devontae Bosby. I just I still don't get that. Appreciate you, Drew. Dion uh, Rodriguez jumping in too. Uh, 447 viewers on YouTube. Hashtag like and subscribe. Thanks for the reminder, Dion. Gang, we made matters of business really quick tonight, and we'll continue to keep it brief. But whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you like this video. You guys, it's a small organic thing you can do that has a big effect and a big help to Mile High Huddle. So thanks for the reminder, Dion. That, I really appreciate it. And then, uh, Austin, we do have a puncher. Let's talk about that, Zach, because oh yes, as we tip our cap to Josh Packer on his super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, Josh. But uh, Martin was money tonight. You know, it sucks that we that you know, the Broncos had to use him as much as they did, but he's a big reason why when the offense was struggling, the, the Broncos were able to keep this manageable, especially after that four, um, you know, the turnover on downs on the goal line. <laughs> From then on out, things kind of sputtered until the third quarter for the Broncos when they got that one drive, but or it might have been top of the fourth now that I think about it. But either way, Martin was money, and it looks like money well spent and a smart decision for John Elway and uh, Tom McMahon to go out there and, and pay him. I was just laughing to myself because you can make the case that Sam Martin was the best Broncos player on the field tonight. I mean, he was literally impacting the game. That that pun he had, and, and it was out the four-yard line, that coffin corner, it was brilliant. It was beautiful. We have not seen that, Chad, in how many years now? It was supposed to be Marquette King. That didn't work out. Then Colby Wadman was trash. And the Broncos, I think they found their quarterback, and they also found their punter. He was kind of buried in obscurity in Detroit, Sam Martin, but credit to John Elway and the Broncos scouting department. He has been, uh, so far and through one game, a revelation back there. Great pickup for Denver. Sorry, John, I'll start asking you. I thought we had jumped everybody. Our big-time cornerstone foundational superstar MHH Mount Rushmore member here, George Vandermark jumping in. Thank you, my friend. You can tell he's down. He's down here, Zach. We got to lift him up a little bit. Gut wrenching loss, totally inexcusable. And we're not going to excuse those bad decisions made by Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio in the clutch, but this is week one. This is a team that was not only without Von Miller, but they were without Cortland Sutton. You had the number one corner go down relatively early in the game Philip Lindsay, the, the spark plug, emotional yeah, firebrand for the offense, missed tough. the entire second half. So there are some silver linings and some there were some outliers tonight, George. So hold on to those for now. Don't don't on this to everybody. Don't overreact too much. The implications for Fangio and Shermer on those final uh, four minutes and under are not good. But let's hope they can bounce back. It's too early to mail it in, Zach. And despite those injuries, Chad, the Broncos were in a position throughout the evening and should have won this ballgame tonight. So that's a credit to Denver. They still played hard for Fangio despite the coaching errors. And um, this season's still long. It's only week one. You would have liked to pick up this win because you face the Steelers and the Bucks next. Those are two pretty tough teams. You got to stack the wins where you can get them. But block showed out pretty good. We see, we've see we seen more positive, Chad, 
then people would pull out of this game normally. There are some silver linings here. It's a long season. Let's see how they respond now to an early test of adversity. How week two will tell us all we need to know about the fortitude of the 2020 Broncos. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Jeff C. jumping in. Appreciate you, my dog. Thank you, Jeff. He says, Locke is going to have to work on the deep ball and decisions, too. Judy dropping passes like mad fan dropping hits. Mad fanatic, <laughs> of course, from last night. Common. Uh, hashtag heart-wrenching. Yeah, man. I mean, two big-time misfires for Drew Locke. One, both of them were very inopportune as well. I mean, he's just got to make those plays. Those were both crucial situational plays not only the first one, of course, in the red zone that would have given the Broncos a touchdown, they instead turn over the ball on downs. And then the, the second one, the deep ball to Hamilton in that four-minute offense that we panned by Pat Shermer, he connects on that, game over. It's game over. They go up by eight minimum. So, you know, it's a game of inches. The margin of error in the NFL is so slim. And Drew's relative inexperience, you guys got to see that come out in the wash a little bit tonight because this was such a tightly fought game. And honestly, Zach, it didn't have to be. Even when he missed right. Nick Manette in that series that ended up as a, t- as a turnover on downs, the play calling on those ensuing two plays were just like, come on, dude. You got to be like, I, on one hand, I like the creative flair to do that shovel pass to Jake Butt. But if you're going to do the shovel pass to a tight end there, give it to Noah Fant, the guy who had been destroying all comers up to that point. The Broncos failed every time last year with tight end plays like that with Scangarello. Did Shermer not watch any of the 2019 offense? And why would you call it there? I mean, I guess I can get on board with the creative play calling outside the box, but you get too cute and you end up hurting yourself. Run the ball with Phillip Lindsay, pass the ball to Noah Fant, 
and get in the end zone. Though I will say, you can, you guys can knock Drew Locke for the missed long passes, and he wasn't perfect. He has to hit those. Would he have made those, though, if he had his number one receiver? If Cortland Sutton was playing in this game, a top 10 guy with a huge catch radius, one of the best possession receivers in the NFL, if he was playing, would this be a different story? I happen to think so. Not making excuses. They did lose. It's not ifs and ors. I mean, the, the, the fact is they lost. But not having Sutton out there, Chad, I think hurt the Broncos more than losing Von Miller. Chris Hernandez jumping in, one of our favorite profile picks on YouTube. Love you, buddy. 24-year veteran of the Air Force, by the way. Tip your cap to that man right there. Appreciate the super. He says, tough loss. So ensure you tip your football priest and click those little thumbs up. We'll be here Appreciate all week. That, my friend. Love you, Chris. Try the, try the veal. Try the veal indeed. Do you have Jess CO13 Sports? There he is. Appreciate you jumping in, Jess. He says, that's two games above 200 yards passing and three games under 200 yards. Keep trying to sell me, guys. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and blow too much smoke. I'll blow a little smoke, all right, on Drew Locke. It's the first game without his number one weapon, without the emotional firebrand, Philip Lindsay. You know, you got to find a way to overcome that if you're going to have any staying power in the NFL as a quarterback, granted, okay? But I'm not going to jump to any conclusions on Drew Locke just because of this game, especially when he was killed by some terrible coaching late in the game. How do you put this loss on Drew Locke? How do you look at this performance and blame your young quarterback? I don't think there's anything to sell here. And you mentioned, Chad, all these new firsts for Drew Locke, all these new moving parts. How about a new offensive line who he had no summer to really gel with, a rookie center? And again, guys, any Elijah Wilkinson fans out there? Is there any left out there in Broncos country? He is terrible. He got locked. He Drew Locke is lucky he wasn't injured on that one play. He was actually shaking his hand. I was worried for Drew. He's too. not a natural tackle. A new guard, a new center, a new a horrible right tackle. Locke had all the things working against him and still put the Broncos in the position and did what he could to win this ballgame. It's not on Locke in the least. You know what? Wilkinson was the perpetrator of quite a few pressures when Locke was breaking the pocket. Locke was not sacked tonight, by the way. But let's tip our cap to Garrett Bowles on the other side. Yes. Yes, have to. When you're seen not heard, that's a good game for any offensive lineman, especially Garrett Bowles. He wasn't perfect tonight. You know, there's a few uh, pressures that he'll probably end up getting credited with. But no boneheaded face palm moments. That's an encouraging aspect coming out of week one, Zach. Everyone should be happy about that. Yes, I I am. Chad, you know, as you guys know, I'm one of the biggest Bulls detractors around, but I got to tip my cap and, and give credit where it's due. He played really consistent tonight. And if we can get this Garrett Bowles for at least 15 more games, the Broncos offensive line is going to be just okay and just fine once they get Wilkinson out of the game. The fact that Locke wasn't sacked is a testament to Drew Locke. Not the offensive line. I thought Cushenberry was very solid for his first game against a stout Titans defense, but Wilkinson needs to go. They have DeMar Dotson. He's a natural right tackle. He cannot be any worse than Wilkinson. Let's get him in the ballgame. Enough playing around already. All right, we got one here from Dion jumping back in. Thank you, Dion. Sorry, the, you. Ch- the chat stream jumped it so we can't show your actual Super Chat cards. We're just pasting it in here on one of the banners. He says, look, I understand burning the clock. But keep playing aggressive. Keep scoring. You only uh, you're only up by one point. The hurry up offense worked very well, in my opinion. Yeah, that second scoring drive by the Broncos when Melvin Gordon finally kind of bounced back from that fumble and had some nice runs, and then he got his first touchdown as a Bronco. I like that as well. I love the tempo version of this offense because 
I think it really suits Drew Locke, Zach. I liked, and I even put this out there on Twitter, I liked the aggressiveness. I liked taking deep shots to Judy. I like pushing the ball down the field. It was just the timing of the play calls, Chad. When you have third and three, let's say, and you're throwing a 30-yard pass down the sideline, it's a low percentage play. And for a young offense right now, for Drew Locke especially, it's all about confidence. Pat Shermer did not call plays that would get Drew Locke in rhythm. And the times that he did, the Broncos scored touchdowns. There's no secret here. It's pretty easy. Play to your offensive strength and don't get cute the times they did the former they were successful when they did the latter you guys saw what happened we got jake gerard jumping in on super chat appreciate you my friend he was with us in the halftime stream and he's here staying up late love it buddy he says i miss wade phillips i think everyone misses a little wade phillips and if you want to have a little trip down memory lane a little nostalgia go read his book son of bum a very worthy read especially gives you an inside look at that 2015 a season for the Broncos. One more reminder, the Broncos could have had Kyle Shanahan as head coach and Wade Phillips as <laughs> defensive coordinator. Just one more reminder for that. All right, Drew jumping back in. Gosh, thank you, Drew. And it cuts thank off you, your Drew. comment again, but I'll read the entire thing. He says, hated the play calling at times. Judy dropped two balls. Pass rush was non-existent. I still, I still like Vic. Last year we were too conservative and you could argue, whoop, now I just lost him. Give me one second here. Uh, you could argue, geez, where'd it go? Bear with me. You could argue we we were too aggressive. So last year we were too conservative, and you could argue we were too aggressive, meaning tonight, and we need someone to cover tight ends. You know, the tight ends were, for the most part, kept in check, except in the red zone, except on the goal line when it actually where, mattered most. Where it counts, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we were saying that at the top of the show tonight, that Jonu Smith isn't, you know, Tony Gonzalez incarnate, but another tight end just killing the Broncos when it counts the most. And uh, that's been the theme. And it's, it's not the – I can't blame Fangio there because we've seen these problems dating back four years now. It's the personnel. They just don't have a linebacker or a safety that can match up one-on-one with the, with the tight ends and running backs around, and around the NFL. It's as simple as that. All right, Kenneth Booker jumping back in. Really appreciate the super you, again, Kenneth. Love you, buddy. He says, positive. A.J. Johnson played great. With the exception of that one – Baseball moment that mostly great. Ojemudia's pick. I, Zach and I were saying the same thing while we were hanging out in the green room watching the game toward the end. AJ, you got to be happy with him, even in coverage, man. Like there was that play <laughs> uh, in the red zone when he chased down Derrick Henry and saved a touchdown. And you know, I'm I'm happy so far with AJ. It's just that one play that you w- you wish you could get back because that was talk about a momentum swinger. Yeah. Broncos did not end up with a turnover tonight, and that was the reason why. So. You know, the football gods giveth and they taketh away for A.J. Johnson. Yeah, A.J. was a little too over-aggressive and he nullified that Michael O. pick, but uh, he was terrific in run support. That's his forte, Chad, and he has to be now without Todd Davis. He was, you know, he passed with flying colors in week one. In coverage, he was okay, but Chad, to watch this man run in the open field, he, he literally runs like a dinosaur. He's, to use your word, he mentioned lumbering, and that's the perfect <laughs> word for him. It's just, he runs like Flacco did, and that's n- never a good thing. I don't know. I wouldn't quite go that far, but <laughs> you know, give, give, give my man some credit. Um, Mike Evans jumping back in. Appreciate you, my dog. Thank you. Definitely have not lost hope. I predict a nine and seven record. That that's a good uh, segue to say. Did you see anything tonight that moves you off ten and six? Because both of us predicted a win tonight in our overall projections of the season. So I think it would make sense that we would have right. to say, well, look, after what we saw, nine and seven, right? Because you know, that's one loss that we had as a win. So nine and seven, you know, if they do finish nine and seven, though, here's what I'll say. 
even a nine and seven finish, especially because they opened up an additional playoff spot in the wild card this year in both conferences, Broncos still will have a good shot at the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? Um, obviously, this changes things. and Theoretically, it should because they lost one of the games that I picked them to win. But I'm going to see how Week 2 plays out in, in terms of my overall prediction for the season. When I made that 10-6 and six call, I said 9-7 and seven is actually the floor. And I think 10-6 and six is the expectation. So if they go 9-7, and seven, it's still possible. I mean, they have the talent to be a playoff team this year. I am not um, going away from that or or refuting that after one loss. As bad as this loss was, let's see how they come out against Pittsburgh. If they win that game, Chad, all the confidence back, momentum back, it's a new season. And it's, it still is a new season. It's so young. It is. It, it's, I mean, we're in, we're in the early stages here. Here is our friend, longtime listener, bona fide superstar, Larry, Broncos fan number 24, of course, on Thank YouTube. Thank you, Larry. Being more than true to his word, he reaches out today, says, hey, if the Broncos win, I'm going to go crazy on Super Chat tonight for the Huddle Up podcast. Of course, the Broncos lose, and yet here he is. He's a ride-or-die member of this community, jumping in, supporting the cause. Love you, bro. Appreciate you. He says, relax, Broncos country, but I like what I saw from – I don't know what he meant to say there, but Hamilton slowed down on that throw. So maybe maybe there's some truth to that. I'd have to go back and watch. Right. It didn't Same. jump out to me on the first and second viewing, but I'll I'll look for that this this next time. He's talking about that throw on third down when the Broncos their last real possession of the game. I have to go back and check that one out. Yeah, on first glance, I don't see Hamilton being at fault. It, it might be the case. I haven't seen the replay like Chad, but it just seemed like Locke missed him. And I'm calling a spade a spade there. He overthrew him by about three yards. He has to hit that, but I, I wouldn't put it on Hamilton for slowing down. But maybe replay uh, shows different, Chad. Anthony on Facebook says, if we had Andy Janovich, that goal line stop on fourth down, especially is a touchdown. And you could be right. You could be right. You know, they, they went a little light in the fullback department when they decided to trade Andy Janovich and Andrew Beck is a great try hard guy, but as a blocker, you know, we've made light of it. We've minimized how effective, you know, how hard can it be to ISO block if you're 250 pounds and six foot three, but maybe there is some truth to that. The nuance, the devil being in the details, you got to wonder how that might have made a difference if you had Jano ISO blocking there. I mean, I, I know I'm taking this too literally, but what would Janovich have done on that fourth down call? I mean, maybe he they wouldn't have made that call if they had Janovich, but having a fullback, which is a dying position in the NFL, shouldn't be the difference between running it, which is common sense on the goal line, and 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 calling a tight end little inside shovel pass. It was the play calling. Don't blame the personnel. It was the play calling and the coaching that lost this game. Mundungus. The whizzy and the hizzy jumping back in. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You. And he echoes what we said. Silver lining. No bowls holds. <laughs> that rhymed. That's Where's right. Mark? We know Mark none, none of those. Appreciate you, Mike. None of those. Um, whoops. None of those face palm moments from Garrett Bowles. So Thank your lucky stars and, uh, you know, sacrifice a goat to the football gods. That's a joke. Nobody do that, of course. <laughs> we are not heathen. It's a bad fo- precedent to send. <laughs> Sorry, John. We are not heathen football priests, after all. Um all right, Gustavo Lopez jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. He says, Kerrigan did amazing yesterday, talking about Ryan Kerrigan, the Washington uh, football team edge rusher. Let's trade for him. Hey, after, look, the Broncos, there was only one sack to be had tonight, and the Broncos got it. It was Jerry Attachew. Not because he beat his man and, you know, bended the edge and got to the quarterback. It was a try-hard sack where it was kind of a cleanup motor, you know, good good job for him for going till the very end. If I'm the Denver Broncos after tonight, though, Zach, you know, I said, look, it's I think you'll start seeing incremental improvements from Chubb. But if I'm the Broncos, 
I'm swallowing my pride. I'm getting on the phone. I'm calling Clay Matthews or I'm calling, you know, Cameron Wake or I'm calling Terrell Suggs or I'm calling the, the Washington football team and saying, hey, you want to give up? I doubt they're going to give up Ryan Kerrigan now after seeing him blast like he did on Sunday. But, you know. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We'll we'll see. I, I still think Zach they're going to come out of this going man. Our edge rush because they had a decent interior push. Their edge rush was for too many too many long stretches tonight. Relatively non-existent. And in their defense, though Zach, last thing when you have a neutralizing play action game as the Titans do right. because of Derrick Henry's prowess, you know it's hard to jump to too many conclusions on the edge because they got to play disciplined ball and they got to mind their gaps and they got to set the edge in case it is a run and. So on that, I do have some sympathy for him. I thought the Broncos' edge defenders, I know that Chubb wasn't 100%, but it's actually really impressed me tonight, Chad. I think he can be the holdover, you know, hold the fort starter opposite Bradley Chubb. In terms of Ryan Kerrigan, Washington won that football game, and he was a big reason why. For now, they're contenders, and they're not going to trade away one of their key defensive players. And even if they did, would you want to pick up his contract and give up what would be at least a third-round draft pick for a temporary solution at, at outside linebacker here's a better concept how about trading for an inside linebacker or a safety that can cover tight ends and running backs how about that crazy concept jerry hone one of our facebook supporters and by the way gang you can if you're on facebook watching this you want to support what we're doing here at mhh bringing you this content just go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle there's a big blue button you can become a supporter like jerry he says judy's drops were like locks drops he assumes and took his focus uh, to what he was doing next. In other words, looking to run before he hauled it in. And that's absolutely true. Also, another supporter here, Albert Knoppers on Facebook. Much love to you, my friend. Give our best to the misses as well. It is an offense that needs time to come together. They did good in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, the offense was mostly undone by a fumble and bad coaching in the second half, Zach. Yeah, I the fumble really took the wind out of their sails, the Melvin Gordon fumble. I mean, they had all the momentum. They had the confidence. They were moving the ball, and he just coughs it up. And what I told you uh, before halftime, Chad, it reminded me a lot of the Jamal Charles fumble in 2017. New running back, all this new hype, and he just gives the football away. And you can argue they never really recovered from that. But then again, they were in positions to win this football game, and it all comes down to the same factor. 
which is coaching and play calling. Let's grab Jordan Card- uh, Cardona. Obviously an absolute stud rocking the MHH face mask like a boss. In fact, I, I might recognize that pick from MHH Instagram that he sent in. Appreciate you, my friend, and the support. He says, new quarterback, same old Broncos, consistently shooting ourselves in the foot at inopportune times. And there's this is nothing you said, Jordan, was wrong. But what I'll say is just to counter that a little bit, it's a, it's a young team, dude, especially on offense. They are so young, and they just weren't helped. You need to offset that relative inexperience and in youth with veteran coaching wherewithal, you know, with veteran coaching metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, okay? And that's where Fangio and Shermer came up small in the clutch. Yeah. Uh, it's I can't you – can, you can say Locke wasn't perfect, and he wasn't perfect. He wasn't a Hall of Fame quarterback in tonight's game. But what more would you like to see in his first full season as a starter with no offseason, no preseason, and a limited training camp – all these new moving parts, new offensive line, new tight ends, new receivers, new running backs, and he still led two touchdown drives, and he was looking good for most of the ball game, avoiding pressure, throwing on different arm angles, using his legs to, to buy yardage. I mean, Locke, not for 1% do I put the, the loss on Drew Locke tonight, not even 1%. Shout out to Gavin Holvick jumping in on Super Chat. No Thank comment you. or question, but just supporting the cause here at MHH. Really appreciate that. Gavin, a lot. And then next year we have Josh Packer jumping in. Shout out to you, my friend. Appreciate Thank the support. You. And by the way, if you are one of our newer Super Chat superstars, be sure to follow on Twitter. Myself, Zach, and Huddle Up Pod. Reach out to us so that we can follow back and shout you out on Twitter after this podcast. Uh, Glenn Hauser jumping in to say, by the way, Glenn, congrats. Have been able to tell you. Congrats on your new podcast, Mile High Roundtable. Uh, he says, still confident we beat Pittsburgh next week. Hashtag death by timeouts. Indeed. Where were they? Hashtag shoulder the burden. Hashtag KR's cutout. So, uh, yeah, indeed, man. Uh, real quick. this que- Thank you, Glenn. This question by Josh Packer. How about Jewel? Dude was looking at getting dropped and then came out and balled out. Can't cover, but did his yep. job. And on that there. note, Zach, I want to pull up just the box score just for a second. And have a quick look. Josie Jewell finished with eight tackles tonight, uh, five solo. And then Johnson, of course, led the way with 12 tackles, eight solo. And then here's kind of a tale of, you know, tells you a lot about how this game ended up going. Bryce Callahan finished second on the team, tied with Jewell, uh, eight tackles, six solo. So too many, too many plays getting into the secondary, too many right. connections over the middle, too many soft zones that that play action game was able to exploit. I'll say it again. I have to eat some crow on Josie Jewell because I had bad mouthed the guy and I wanted the Broncos to sign a, a traditional inside linebacker, but he came out tonight and played with a lot of fire, a lot of energy and intensity. Great against the run. He will never be good in pass coverage. He's like accepting what Todd Davis is, but if he can get that just lockdown run support and first and second down, they'll take that with Josie Jewell. All right, Gavin, jumping back in. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you. He says, is no one talking about this Lindsay and Go- Melvin that strong? Hold on. Let me get the syntax right. Is no one talking about this? Lindsay and Melvin, that strong, close look is one of our most used form. Oh, okay. Yeah, the strong, closed look is one of our most used formations. Everyone relax. I mean, just generally speaking, Gavin, everyone needs to just pump the brakes a little bit. It's disappointing. It feels like, oh, here we go again. But I do think this team's going to come out of this week realizing, you know, look, again, it's a game of inches. Margin of error is so slim in the NFL. The Broncos... 
they lost this game. They didn't get beat. They gave this game away. They had so many opportunities to not only step on the Titans' throat, but even when they had squandered a couple opportunities to do that, they squandered the opportunity. Ultimately, they gave away the game late. There is something slightly confidence-inducing in that, in that, you know, look, we almost beat one of the AFC Championship teams in a game where we were just not on the money. It came down to the wire. And again, Fangio's defense and poor clock management ultimately was the final dagger, Zach. But it was many, you know, it was death by a thousand cuts leading up to that. Yeah, the Broncos, unfortunately, you know, they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And you hate to see that every year. And it seems like every single season, the Broncos have three or four of those type of games. It's still a young year, though. There's 15 games left, at least for Denver. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, looked better in the in the second half. I thought Lindsey looked good before going down. They're still, they still, they hung with one of the best teams in the AFC. They should have beaten them. And I, I agree with you, Chad. There is some positive, some confidence to take out of that. It's not sugarcoating or blowing BS. They did look pretty good tonight, aside from the coaching. So if they can just play that way and just be better managed by their superiors, they will win some ball games this season. Don't give up hope just yet. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Nanine O, Nanino. Sorry if I butchered your name. Really appreciate the super chat. Very generous. Make sure you reach out on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod or follow myself or, or Zach and get, uh, you know, we want to connect with you and shout you out after the show. So thank you. Uh, John, the stream just did a big jump on me. Do you have, let me, let me pull one up here real quick. I want to tell you where I'm at in the stream because we don't let any superstar out in the cold. Do you have Larry's? Do you have Michael or Bron- or Larry's Broncos fan number 24 second one? If not, I can reverse engineer it here. I'll grab Michael for, for now real quick. Sorry for the dead air just for a second here, gang. Bear with us one second. Love how hot and heavy the chat is tonight, but it also uh, makes us have to tap, the, tap our heads and rub our tummies at the same time a little bit. So bear with us. Uh, we got – uh, oh, didn't get the name. Hold on one second. Let me do that again. Bear with me one second. Oh, I see why. I cut it off. Michael Mont Montecalvo jumping in here on Super Chat. Bear with us one second. Got it right here. Here he is. Can't show his card, but we can show his question. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. He says, look promising at times, but too many self-inflicted wounds. Hopefully guys can get healthy and we can figure out how to finish wins a bad night. Yeah, we need answers, Zach, on, on Lindsay's health. We need answers on yeah. AJ Bouye. And, of course, Fangio is made available via Zoom. Uh, normally we would be in on that, but we go live with you guys instead. So we're going to circle back and see what any additional insight Fangio had on those two injuries. But definitely two starters, two key players for this team going down. Again, it was just a comedy of unfortunate events that led to the Broncos' demise tonight. Yeah, we haven't gotten the chance to see any of the, of the post-game reaction, but I'm reading, I'm scrolling through Twitter, Chad, while you were talking, and I see a tweet from Ed Werder who said, Vic Fangio and Mike Vrabel agreed in post-game interviews that the Broncos didn't use timeouts because their exit strategy was singularly devoted to expecting Steven Goskowski to miss his fifth kick of the game. That was for the only you, explanation. For you to bank on a field goal kicker who was nails for the Patriots for years to miss five kicks is inexcusable, and it's a borderline fireable offense. I wouldn't even think Vance Joseph would do something like that, Chad. That is unacceptable for a second-year coach or any coach down to a peewee level. That is ridiculous. It was a, it was a gross miscalculation. I mean, it really That was. is crazy. Uh, Larry jumping back in. Love you, bro. Really do appreciate you. 
I know tonight's disappointing for everybody, but we really appreciate you hanging late with us tonight and showing us the love. He says, how about the play of Bowles? Man, he might take that contract from Simmons if they both keep uh, trending the opposite (laughs) way, LOL. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Bowles in terms of we've been impressed that tonight, he, you know, it was a seen, not heard type situation, and that's what you want to see. But let's talk a little bit about Simmons. What do you think is going on there? I mean, he really was out of position yeah. way too often tonight. We talked about it during the halftime stream that he was biting on too many play actions and really just getting sucked up. And then, of course, the ball goes right over his head. Your thoughts on Simmons? I think you nailed it. I think he went back to being the just short Justin Simmons, you know, close but no cigar, kind of a borderline, almost almost Justin Simmons. Yeah, a a borderline Pro Bowl guy, but never right there. And he was Pro Bowler last year. He was an all-pro, you know, player last year for Denver. He didn't get that big contract. He certainly did not play like a, a safety who's a top three our highly paid safety in the NFL, or even the highest paid safety. You wonder, though, how much of that contract impasse went into his performance tonight. Uh, it wasn't like Justin Simmons. Usually he's athletic. He's the best def- defensive back the Broncos have. Mm-hmm. I'm not pushing the panic button just yet. It was one poor game, but you still want to see more from that from a guy who wants you know 15 a year. Definitely not pushing the panic button on Justin Simmons quite yet, but it was, you know, it's it's concerning. We'll see if he can bounce back and be more impactful in next week's game. All right, we're starting to approach the one hour mark, and so we got to kind of rapid fire. Again, we don't leave any of our super chat superstars out in the cold. We'll stay late. We'll stay on longer. We're not going to miss anybody. Brian, oh, Brian showing some big time generosity. Love you, bro. BG as we call him. Thank uh, you. The Brian. opposite of GB as Garrett Bowles is known. Appreciate you, BG. He says bad play calling, just terrible. I'm not hopeful for next week. Our secondary is as bad as I figured. Who would have thought that Tyree Cleveland would have more? Well, let me get to him. Uh, more catches than Sutton Hamler, Hamilton combined in week one. This season is looking so bad. Uh, that's not true, my friend, for what it's worth. Um, Cleveland had one catch. Judy had eight, uh, excuse me, four on eight targets. Patrick had four on. Uh, Five targets. Hamilton had one on three targets. So, but we still get your gist. And by the way, the play calling in the second half was bad. I didn't mind it in the first half outside of that one series on the goal line where, again, the play, I, I like the play design to Jake Butt on the shovel pass, but make that a tight end that actually has some pop and some burst. And that's only on this roster, at least that was active tonight. Maybe Albert O, but he didn't dress. Noah fan. Don't call it there, though, Chad. I mean, just why in that situation? You're on the goal line. You just signed a workhorse back. You have a tight end who's beasting down the field. Why? You have a big offensive line. Why an inside shovel pass to a tight end that's had more knee surgeries than games played in the NFL? Bad coaching. Bad situational coaching from Pat Shermer to Vic Fangio. The reason they lost the game. wasn't Locke. It was the coaching. Damian jumping in. Really appreciate you, Thank man. Long time superstar. And John's got his real super chat. Awesome. He says, I agree, but seriously, it took it looked a lot like Scangarello's offense, but the defense is going to need another edge rusher. I agree, Zach. And that, that's one yeah. thing maybe you and I differ a little bit. Like I would be no. probably a lot more aggressive with what resources the Broncos have, both as far as draft picks to trade and also salary cap space to maneuver with and and slap some deals together. I mean, LA. You know he's got his price, and as you say, you know he doesn't he doesn't budge, but he needs to be a little bit more open to something because Malik Reed, basically a non-factor. Jerry Attachu is a great try-hard guy, but he's not going to win those matchups. He's not going to be Von Miller that bends the edge, and by virtue of his own, you know, burst and bend right. and power and 
tool chest, you know, his pass rush that uh, moves that he can chain together. You're not getting that from Jerry and Chubb. You will eventually get that from him, but it's going to take some time. I am really doing what it takes this week to get a situational veteran pass rusher in the fold. Even if I got to make a trade and give up some, some draft capital, because this season, I mean, it's early, but the ultimate destiny of the season could ride very much on that. No, Chad, we agree they need more uh, pass rushing help, but who are you going to trade for? Who's out there? I mean, to me, I don't want a washed Clay Matthews or a, a 40-year-old Cameron Wake. I don't want to give up a third for Ryan Kerrigan. Who really is out there right now? What young, up-and-coming, or good veteran pass rusher is on the open market? Teams hold on to those and stockpile those like quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, I would make a call for sure. I would scour the open market, but this is why we, at least I questioned, why give up Justin Hollins? Why after one season, a fifth round pick, you cut him at final cuts. You're already down two outside linebackers. You you cut. It just made no sense to me. So, well, um, in your defense, I, Vaughn hadn't gotten hurt yet when they made that decision. So, but still, your point holds water, Zach, because Chubb was coming off his ACL. So right, that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry, saying. I, mean, no, I misunderstood you, but but no, yeah, it remains. Right, but I just don't understand giving up on a young guy and then you're looking to sign the Clay Matthews of the world. It was just bad personnel decision that ended up haunting the Broncos after, you're right, after Vaughn's injury. Uh, D, D. Paris, Paras, jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. If we had Vaughn and Cortland, we close it. Maybe. They had Vaughn and Cortland last year on those three games they lost with 30 seconds or more to go protecting a lead, though. That's what I'll say. And that's why it comes back to, to Fangio, where he's got to look himself in the mirror and say, what am I doing wrong in these situations? Like, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, and, but expecting a different result. That's one of them anyway. Fangio got to gotta have a real uh, man in the mirror type moment, like the Michael Jackson song, and, you know, come to come to a mighty change of heart and change some things up a little bit. You know, he's got to do something different. Not, and I'm not just talking about his game management as far as the clock and timeouts and all that. I'm talking about the X's and O's. I can play devil's advocate, though. Do the Broncos win this game if Goskowski doesn't miss four kicks? I mean, that's that was 10 points right there. So there's there's always the ifs and the wouldas and the couldas. The Broncos should have won this game, but they didn't. And that falls on again for the last time tonight, coaching. John Mortensen jumping in. Really appreciate your generosity, my Thank friend. You, John. He says uh, 22 for 33, 226, 226 yards was locked. No picks, enough said. It also had the touchdown. So he f- ended up finishing, for what it's worth, with a QB rating of 95, which was two, almost three points behind Tannehill. And Tannehill's took a huge jump forward just by virtue of that final possession. And and it should have, you know, good quarterbacks come through in the clutch. Tannehill did, Locke did not. For that stat line, 95 quarterback ranking against a really stout defense in the first game of the season without your number one wide receiver, with having Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle, losing Phillip Lindsay. How could you look at that stat line? And not come away impressed with Drew Locke. How could you look at that stat line? And you can point to his, you know, as John does here, 6.9 yards per attempt. You can point to that. He's not calling the plays. He's taking what's given to him without his top guys and making stuff where he can chat. I don't know how any Broncos fan can look at this game and put any blame on Locke whatsoever. All right, uh, John, do you have Picklin and Chris DO44 by chance? All right, here he is. Appreciate the super chat, Picklin. Thank you. Uh, Pickleian probably is what it's actually C137 Pickleian. He says five losses since last season like this. This is sad. Coaching. Um, I'm trying to think of the fourth one that you're talking about. I know the three you're talking about and the fourth one tonight, but still your point remains. 
they gotta they gotta turn the ship around on that. Undoubtedly, my friend. Um, all right, we got to rapid fire these, Zach. John, do you have Chris on with us? We'll grab him. If not, I can grab him. Chris uh, Christopher Do forty four. If you got him, if not, I'll I'll start doing the copy real quick. Bear with us one second here. All right, no problem. I got him. All right, gang, let's grab this one from Chris, one of the superstars in our community. Appreciate the super chat. Thank he you. says Michael Ojemudia didn't look bad at all. He nope. really didn't. That's that's one of the positive takeaways from tonight is Ojemudia didn't. The moment didn't seem too big for him. No, and in fact, it looked like a guy who's been playing for a couple of years now. He was very, you know, natural, and uh, he, he looks like a Vic Fangio cornerback, whatever that looks like, Chad. And to me, he was way more impressive than Bryce Callahan. I mean, I know he was playing off coverage tonight, but Moody was actually making plays. When is the last time a Broncos cornerback actively made plays on the football? Going back to, what, Aqib Tlaib a couple of years ago now? So, Michael Lowe, I wasn't a fan of his draft pick, but he proved me wrong, at least for one week. Look good. We got... Uh... Augustin Jaramillo jumping in. Appreciate that, my friend. He says, how about Sam freaking Martin? We have yes. a punter. It sucks that that's what we're having to celebrate tonight. You know, <laughs> one, of the, one of the positive takeaways. But, yeah, the punter doesn't – I mean, at altitude, he did his thing, and it was impressive. This is a guy who's going to win the Broncos a ball game this season with his leg by pinning a, an opponent deep or doing something to flip field position or flipping momentum. Having a punter like Sam Martin, especially in the mile high altitude, is a weapon to have. Even for a coordinator like Tom McMahon, I was very, very much impressed with Sam Martin. He was better than I even thought he was going to be tonight, John. Same. I agree. Uh, Dion jumping back in. Gosh, really appreciate you. Dion. Wow, Dion. Thank you. He says a lot of comments asking about the fumble. Thought I'd bring it up for them. Yeah, I mean, the, the fumble was a dagger, man. It was extremely disappointing. Thank you, Dion. Um, I mean, we not everyone was with us on the halftime. We, we decided to do a halftime stream just to shake things up tonight, and it was, it was a lot of fun. But if you missed that, yeah, I mean, it was inexcusable. He made up for it on that one scoring drive in the second half, but it wasn't completely made up for Zach because it swung momentum uh, Tennessee's way. Uh, I can go on a 20 minute rant about this, but I won't, I I know you're shaking your head. I'm not going to Melvin Gordon looked better in the second half and he kind of earned some of that money, but they did bring him in to catch passes and his first, you know, one of his first receptions, he fumbled the ball. So yeah, I'm not, it, it did more to hurt the Broncos offense overall than it did to hurt Melvin Gordon. That's what I care about. The momentum and the confidence they had, I don't think was ever the same after that fumble. Agreed. Safe shield security screens and doors. That's a that sounds like a very safe business. Uh, <laughs> if I were if you were in my neck of the woods, I'd be calling you. Appreciate you jumping in on hey. super chat. On the bright side, I was impressed with the young corners, especially Ojemudia hurt most of camp. That's true. That's true. He had the quad for the vast majority of camp, which is why I expected to see Devontae Harris more tonight. And Asan Bassi, man, he we were marveling as we were watching the game live together, Zach. He was coming up tough in run support, making some one-on-one open field tackle to the 240-pound or whatever he is, Derrick Henry. I mean, this is this kid's 5'9", 190, soaking wet, and he's taking down Derrick Henry. Really encouraging for both those young guys. But again, you know, try hard, but they're lacking that experience, and that got exposed a little in that final drive. We talked about Ojemudia, but when I was watching a saying Bassey, you know what I kind of saw, Chad, is Chris Harris Jr., a mm-hmm. smaller cornerback, but very physical and run support, a high motor player, not afraid to get his hands dirty, you know, get in there and uh, and uh, put a lick on a, a running back. I was impressed with Bassey and uh, Michael Ojemudia. And again, they were better to me than Simmons and Callahan were two highly touted, highly paid players in Callahan's case. 
We got DJ Mims jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. He says, I would love Miles Jack in Denver. And we would like to see that too. But I think the priority, honestly, you know, I think it should be on edge. And I know Jack can can rush a little bit, but he's more of an off-ball guy in my opinion. Not to say that takes him off the table, but the off-ball linebackers were not the problem tonight. And in the red zone, yeah. giving up those two touchdowns to tight ends, that was an X's and O's faux pas more than it was player lack of execution, in my opinion. Just upon first viewing, this is me watching it the first time. I'm actually right there with you. The inside linebackers, we all thought they were going to be the weakness, and they were actually one of the strengths of the defense tonight. Um, Miles Jack, I don't want another project linebacker like Mark Barron. I want a traditional linebacker, so I wouldn't give up a draft pick and take on his baggage for a guy that's on, uh, you know, is going to help out with what the Broncos need, which is covering tight ends and running backs or rushing the passer. Aaron Lynch jumping in, longtime supporter of the show, listener, superstar. Went away for a while to fish in uh, off the coast of Alaska. Now he's been back in the streams, and we love having him back. He says, there isn't enough beer <clears throat> in Denver to comfort. Still, a lot of positives to look at, though. Judy's routes are otherworldly. Oh, yeah. That's something we marveled at, the separation. Yeah. I mean, Drew Locke should have been looking at him more than he did. I get it. He was disappointed by drops, but still, hopefully the hands find their way soon. Honestly, wow. I think just getting Sutton, Zach, back into the equation, take a little pressure off the rookie and allow yes. him to kind of feel like, all right, I can play within myself, do right. my thing. I'm not the focus. I'm not the the one everyone's pinning their hopes on. Right. He wasn't meant to be the wide receiver one just yet. He was supposed to be the number two guy in this offense, and it, too much was put upon him tonight. It, the drops were no good, but that route running chat, his stop-start ability, Jerry Judy, is literally mind-blowing. He put defensive backs on skates all night, and these are well-coached defensive backs in Mike Vrabel's system. They don't normally miss tackles like that. He can stop on a dime. It, it, it's, it's unlike anything I've seen from a rookie, Chad, in quite some time. He was phenomenal in that department as advertised. Guys, gotta hold on to the ball though. That's your number one priority as a pass catcher is catching the pass. He'll he'll get it down though. Aaron jumping back in. Thank you, my friend. He says <clears throat> Locke seems to thrive on his swagger, i.e., the Texans game. I just don't see him finding that rhythm with only a few deep balls thrown per game. And also, I mean, you got to connect on at least one of those per game. And he missed on all of them today, and especially the one he had in the end zone that would have been the dagger for to to uh, Deshaun Hamilton. You know what, though? I mean, what quarterback doesn't play, you know, based around his confidence or swagger or any player in the NFL, for that matter? They all want to have confidence in their abilities. And when they don't play well, they get down on themselves. But this is where what separates Drew Locke from Paxton Lynch, how he overcomes adversity. And he did it tonight. I mean, the fumble, I mean, the stall drives, the fourth down uh, goal line uh, flounder there. He came back and led touchdown drives, moved the ball down the field. He should have hit some guys in the end zone. I know he had a couple touchdown balls he missed, but I thought he, again, he played pretty well considering the circumstances. All right, guys, forgive us because we know it's, I mean, props to you guys. I mean, we still have huge numbers in the chat and uh, props to you guys for sticking with us. And honestly, Zach and I, we didn't know what to expect tonight. We didn't know if we'd have an empty room, not just because the Broncos lost, but because it was so late. Props to you guys showing out and bleeding that orange and blue. Seriously, respect to you guys. Thank you for spending time with us tonight. Miller707 champ jumping in. We got a rapid fire of these remaining superstars. He says, we are a young team. It's going to take a little time, and the injuries don't help. True, true. Both counts true. Keep your heads up, Broncos fam. The Broncos have a bright future. Yeah, for those of you just shaking your head saying, here we go again, same old team, you might not, in the grand scheme of things, be wrong. But it's too early to say that yet. You can't jump right. to that conclusion. 
quite yet because, yes, Vic Fangio botched the end, but Pat Shermer, this was the first game he's called as a Bronco it, with this new collection of personnel. You're minus your number one receiver. You lost your co-number one running back halfway through the game. So, you know, pump the brakes a little bit in terms of jumping to conclusions. It's okay to be disappointed. I mean, we're all disappointed. But don't jump to conclusions quite yet. Just wait at least one more week. That's what I'm doing. How they come out against Pittsburgh will tell us what we need to know. I'm not saying they're going to be awful this year. I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs this year. I'm still confident, have a lot of talent, a lot of bad hands dealt to them. They will overcome it, but I want to see how they respond to immediate adversity, losing the way they did tonight next week. All right, Mr. Castillo jumping in. Thank you, my friend. The chat jumped. You. You're, you're super, but we can show it here this way. Appreciate you. He says, when Sutton gets back, Judy's going to be dangerous. No more, no one's more upset about those drops than him. And that's true, Zach, because it's out of character. That's not his, that's not the book on Jerry Judy. His, right. He's known for his hands and his route running. So it was it was an outlier tonight. I'm I'm still confident in that. Based on what we saw from his route running and his footwork, though, Chad, how could you not come away, you know, at least excited about the future and potential of Jerry Judy? And again, he wasn't supposed to be the number one guy in this offense just yet. He was supposed to be the understudy, the Robin to Cortland Sutton's Batman. And when Sutton does come back, you're going to see Sutton take some coverage away in the middle of the field. And those little crossers and dump offs to Judy let him do the rest with his footwork and his speed. It's going to be an exciting offense. Just again, be patient. It's a tough loss. They will improve from this. They'll put some points on the board starting next week. Just hang in there. Hang in there. All right, we got Cody Potter jumping in. We're starting to wind it down a little bit, but we still got a little room to go, so stay with us, gang. Uh, he says, appreciate you, by the way, Cody. Thank you, my friend. No exhibition games, so don't overreact. Denver will be good in week two versus the Steelers. They should look more comfortable week two. Hashtag Broncos for life. That's what I'm saying. I do agree with you. It's I think you'll see them kind of lo- loosen up a little bit for that road game and get their dander up to take on Big Ben. And it's another conference opponent. It's not a divisional opponent, but it's a conference opponent, which could have a lot to do with the, the playoff math when it comes time you know, down the stretch. Not going to be an easy game. I think the Steelers look pretty good tonight, and I think they're in for a good season. But – even if the Broncos lose next week, if they lose this game, how they play though, Chad, if Locke has a 400 yard game and four touchdowns and they lose, you know, 35, 32, you can actually come away encouraged by that. But if they come out flat next week, have no offense and the defense looks, you know, there's no different than tonight. You're going to see some questions being raised about them. So it's, it's not an easy game, but nothing's not, you know, winnable in the NFL. Dennis Woods. One of our superstars jumping in, rocking the MHH dad hat like a boss. Appreciate your support as always, my friend. And thank you for staying up late with us tonight. He says, we all knew the first game would be sloppy. It will get better. And we didn't have a number of key players. Lots of promise shown, though. Love, I love that you're focusing on the positive because Zach and I, although we might use our gut reaction episodes to kind of exercise some demons, at the end of the day, we are both glass half full type of guys. And I think that's one of the reasons why you guys love this podcast. So, Dennis, appreciate that perspective. And it's true. I, I mean, I'm taking that perspective myself and that mindset myself. Like, as mad as I am tonight and as frustrated and as much as I want to blame Vic Fangio and say he's not the coach of the future for the Broncos, it's all reactionary. It's all impulsive. If they win next week, no one's going to even care about tonight's game, Chad. So I'm preaching patience. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Just hang in there for one more week. They will rebound from this loss. Westside Philly jumping in. It's been a minute since we've seen you, my friend, and it's glad, we're glad to have you back. Welcome. Thanks for staying up late with us. He says, I'm taking it easy on our pass rushers for now to the lack of crowd noise and having to be careful because of the QB cadence. Good points. 
Good points. I still think they need to bolster that with a veteran, though. It's a guy that's proven. Even if it's only a six, seven, eight sack t- uh, per season type of guy, 34 years old to 38, and there are some solid options out there. Cameron Wake is actually one of my least favorites. I like Matthews. I like Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle. Get on the phone tomorrow and get one of those guys in Denver. Yeah, that sounds kind of like a reach to me. I mean, crowd noise or no crowd noise, fans or no fans, you're being paid as an edge rusher to get to the quarterback. And when you don't do that, you're failing at your job. So I think tonight's result would have been the same had there been fans in the crowd, Chad. I mean, the Titans had multiple false starts in the first half with no crowd noise. It was just a sloppy game all around in certain parts, but it's – Attachu, Malik Reed, and, and especially Bradley Chubb, they have to be better as pass rush. There's no way around it. They have to be better in one-on-ones. Ron Dub, bona fide superstar, wow. cornerstone That's member amazing. of the MHH community, showing some extreme generosity. Love you, bro. Appreciate you staying up. Thank and you so showing much. Support like that. He says, "Hey guys, Locke was efficient. The offensive game plan had to change because Sutton was out. That's a fair point. Such might be why they weren't that aggressive frequently." The defense was nice, except the final play, the final drive. I like Bassey. I like Michael Lowe. Yep. We need another pass rusher, kind of echoing our last thought there. But, yeah, I don't. I really don't disagree with anything you said there, Ron. As always, you're on the money sharing a brain with us, my friend. Appreciate you. I, I don't know. I mean, does not having Sutton, would they, does that change You know, the fourth down call or the tight end or throwing on first down? We should be running the ball to kill the clock. I, you can – Put it out there, having Sutton or not having Sutton definitely hurt the Broncos. It was definitely a factor as to why they came up a little short. But the coaching, that was the overarching theme tonight on defense, on offense, the coordinators, the head coach. It came down to that, and that is the reason why they lost tonight's game. All right, guys, and I don't disagree. This one came down to coaching, bottom line. BG jumping back in. Thank you, my friend. He says, I told you guys last season, Justin Simmons is overrated. Kjax is better. I mean, we'll see, man. Week one, it was one of the misgivings I had when they were de- when the debate was get him signed. What, what's taking so long? Why is it coming up against the deadline? The Broncos wanted to see him do it one more time because look, three year starter, yes, but only one year was he like a next level caliber guy. And you have to worry and wonder when you're a front office if that when it comes in a contract year, if it's fool's gold. Now I'm not saying it was for Justin Simmons. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he needs to bounce back from this and prove that he's worth that franchise money. And I think he is. He will bounce back. This is a little knee jerk because we all love Justin Simmons last year. And most of us were calling for the Broncos to reward him with a fat contract. And because he had one un-Justin Simmons-like game, now Kareem Jackson's better. Jackson played well tonight, but Justin Simmons is the better talent. He's the better safety. He has a higher ceiling. I'm not throwing the talent on him because he wasn't an elite player tonight. I think he'll be better starting next week, like most of the Broncos players. All right, John. It jumps to Andy, and then I think we are out of here for tonight. I think we're caught up. Appreciate you staying up, Andy. Appreciate your support this year. And uh, seriously, to all of you, tip of the cap for staying up late with this. I mean, in, in mountain time, it's quarter to one in the morning. For Zach, it's almost three in the morning. So appreciate you guys. Andy, he says, Judy made those corners look like uncoordinated children. And they're pro athletes. Yep. I know. That's that's one of the things that, you, I mean, you watch the tape, watch it again. When the, when the All-22 comes out and the coaches film on Tuesday, yeah, the separation he was creating, that's why Locke should have been looking his way more often. But at the same time, when you're dropping passes like that and it's clutch, man, the lights are on, Locke's going to go where he knows the easy money is, and he wasn't sure in Judy. He wasn't sure what was going on between yeah. Judy and Pierce would be one of the reasons why. 
despite all the separation he was creating, Zach, the ball wasn't going to him as often as it probably could have, even though, let me confirm, he led all wide receivers and targets with eight. Yeah, I mean, if he didn't have those drops, the story we'd be talking about is his footwork and putting defenders on skates and just looking so phenomenal with his route running. Once Sutton comes back and making Judy the number two guy, this offense will take off, and it's going to be so fun watching the coverage clear out in the middle of the field, having Sutton opposite him and letting Judy do his damage there. So encouraging in some aspects, um, not so encouraging with the drops, but those are correctable. You can't teach that footwork, but you can teach him how to catch. Amen. Uh, Aaron wants to know, how do we get to donate money to get our comments commented on? Aaron, when it's a really busy night like tonight, it's just one of those things, man. And, you know, we wish we could get to every single comment, but the superstars come first. If that's something you want to look at, it can only be done on YouTube. So instead of watching it live on Facebook, open up YouTube, subscribe to Mile High Huddle, and then you can, you can uh, just like when you comment now on Facebook, when you comment on YouTube, there's a little dollar sign if you want to throw a super chat. Turns into a colored card that jumps out to us. We see it. We get right to it as soon as we can. So appreciate your patience, my friend. We're uh, we're off tomorrow night, but Building the Broncos will be on. It's a Tuesday night, so there will be a live stream tomorrow night. Of course, 6 to 7 every night for Mile High Huddle. Uh, seven nights a week. We'll be back Wednesday night. So if you want to come back with us, definitely check out Building the Broncos tomorrow night. But we'll be back Wednesday night. And we'll try and keep an eye out for some of your comments. And tonight's just one of those nights, man. It was hot and heavy. We we had to take care of the superstars. So thanks for staying up with us. But, Zach, that's got to do it for tonight. Guys, keep your chin up. <clears throat> yeah, we will. We will. Yes. For <coughs> Excuse me. The uh, gut reaction. So let me qualify that. Every night, seven nights a week, literally, six to seven, six mountains to seven mountain, eight to nine eastern, you get a, a live Mile High Huddle podcast, Okay. But on the game night, so if it's a if it's a Sunday, Zach and I are going to come to you live immediately following the game. And on you know when the Broncos are at home on a Sunday on a regular kick, it's going to be about six ish somewhere in there. Um, but if it's a Monday night like tonight, it's on odd hour, so we're up here late. If it's a Thursday night game again, we'll be up a little bit later, not quite this late. But but otherwise, guys, you can set your watch to six p.m. Mountain, eight p.m. Eastern, seven nights a week. We'll see you back here. The gut reaction, though, comes after every single game, and it's Zach and I. So, But, guys, we got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you again for staying up yes. late with us. Serious, mad props and respect to you guys. And a mile-high salute and then some to our Super Chat superstars and our Facebook supporters. Love you guys. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. This is crucial. If you were one of our newer superstars tonight, one of our newer Super Chat superstars, make sure you connect and reach out to Zach and I so that we can shout you out after the show connect with you. We love doing that on Twitter. Uh, also, Mile High Huddle, follow at Mile High Huddle. And then my partner is at Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then shout out to the man in the booth, Buona Beast, John Cronenberg, just furiously keeping up with the chat stream tonight. So tip of your cap to John. Follow him on Twitter, at John K M H H. Guys, we got to go for tonight. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to share. And again, tomorrow night, don't miss Building the Broncos, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Zach, have a great start to your week. And I think, you know, we're, you and I, we'll keep our chin up. We'll keep bringing you the, the real, but we're going to always keep a positive mindset. It's too early, gang, to start throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Stay positive. Yeah, much too early. I'm going to sleep for now for tonight, kind of put a bow on you know this evening, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow, Chad, still optimistic. I'm not going to budge for my prediction. I still see a playoff team here. If some things could get cleaned up, they get a little healthier, it will be okay. So don't panic just yet. A lot of season left to go. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. 
For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you, the two of us, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. But don't miss building the Broncos tomorrow night. They'll have a lot of post-game analysis, kind of where we go from here as well. So we'll uh, see you guys Wednesday. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.